Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I am wonderful. I am so excited about our session today. I love that we do these lives and, you know, not everybody might like, but you should, and not everyone leaves a comment, but we'd really appreciate it. But we do get a lot of feedback, right? Like people will reach out to me. They will email. We will see them in the wild. Which is wild. That. That is wild. That is wild. So one of our own, Forrest Burt, who works at CIQ, was out in the wild just living life. And somebody noticed him from our live webinars here. So we want to give a shout out to Tyler Johnson in Bozeman, Montana. What's up? Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, Tyler. Glad that this is one of your favorite webinars. Favorite <laughs> channels, I think. I'm sorry. Favorite channels. It's also cool. Who can miss the hair though? I mean, it's forest, right? Exactly. So if you guys kind of like, you know, watch back on any of our other webinars, forest has like the beautiful curly, I'm going to call it a mop because that's just like where I come from. We call it a mop, but it's a beautiful mop. <laughs> Love you, forest. We do. We Love do. We do. So Zane, this is wild, man. This, this is a, a to me, it feels like a really big deal. We've got some amazing guests that are going to be popping in here in a moment to join us. And we're going to be talking about Open Ella. I keep wanting to say Ella or Open. I, I'm ELA. It just sticks to me. Open ELA. I don't know. I'll be curious okay. to see what everyone else thinks. Okay. How do, how do, you know what? Say it? I'm sure that Greg has an opinion on this. Of because... course he does. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> he's got a how things sound opinion on everything so we'll definitely hear from him so i think i probably got that because there was a couple other names that were like running around and so i just kind of like slid that one right in there um but yeah this is very exciting so um are we ready to have them pop in with us or do you want to give us it. a little explanation yeah we're ready cool what's up guys <laughs> greg alan true welcome howdy howdy Greg with an opinion, I guess. Huh? We won't we won't let Greg get to his opinion quite yet. Let everybody <laughs> introduce himself first. Yeah. Uh-huh. Alan, welcome to the channel. We really appreciate you being here. Hey, uh, thanks. I'm I'm way mind. impressed, you guys. I'm way impressed. My first time here. So thank you for joining. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Okay, I'll from. tell you. I apologize. The lighting's not the best today. I'm I'm uh, roaming around. And uh, so I'm I'm actually from SUSE. I'm in the office of the CTO, and it, my role there is to direct um, new initiatives, watch the new technologies coming out in the open source industry. So very much an open source guy. Uh, my life has been all around open source and all things open source. So I've played many different roles and, and within the community. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Again, welcome. Glad Glad that you are here. Greg, I, I guess you can go now. Who you be, pretty, sir? Pretty sure you've been on here one or once or twice, but it's been Possibly. a while, so it is time to introduce yourself again. Hi, everybody. I'm Greg. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I never know what to say. I'm just Greg. That's pretty funny, Greg. <laughs> 
All right, then I guess we can go ahead and get to having a strong opinion, and then you just say, "Hi, I'm Greg." Yeah, (laughs) lots of other opinions that aren't about me. (laughs) We'll fix it in a minute, Alan. Don't worry. Well, this one is about you, though, because how should we be saying it? Open ELA, open Ella, open Ella. So basically, what you're saying: Am I right or is Zane right? So that is what I'm waiting for. Yes, carefully, Barry. He's having to think about it. That's good. Well, it's not straight up favoritism. I, I just don't want to say anybody's wrong. Um, so. I'm wrong. It's fine. We'll still be friends. We'll, I promise. Um, so it brings me to a story. <laughs> um, I think I've said this one before, but you know, uh, but way, 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 way back in the chaos and Centos days, uh, Lance Davis proposed the name Centos to me, uh, and at the time, Centos was called Chaos El. And um, you proposed the name Centos. And I said, I love it. I said, but I got to say, like, I, I really don't like, like, Cent OS. Because Cent OS kind of separates the, o- the OS, the, o- the, the operating system from the, the Cent. And Cent is kind of, I know it's, you know, it's, it's, it's 100. But it's generally kind of considered a, you know, a, a monetary amount, like a small one, but a monetary amount. And it's free. So that's an infinite increase in cost. I said, so I don't like that. I said, so, you know, Centos, Centos, however you want. Perfect. Great. Love it. Centos. Oh, God. Like, no, no. So, of course, about 50% of the community from that point on proceeds to call it Centos. Um, For the first year, maybe two, um, it used to annoy me, used to bother me. But then I grew up. And I realized it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Wow. So there's hope for all of us. So I have to say, Rose, I think you're the first I've actually heard say Openella. And some mm-hmm. reason it reminds me of Nutella. Ah. <laughs> well, I mean, who doesn't like a little nutty chocolate goodness? There you go, right? We'll, we'll, we'll spread that around. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Already getting comments, Jonathan. Thanks for watching. Sounds like money. I've never knew how to pronounce whatever that's supposed to be. I don't. I will butcher that. <laughs> yeah, not even trying that one. So okay. I call it. I call it. Oh, and there used to be a wave file. I think it was even in the kernel source that used to say hello. I am Linus Torvalds, and I pronounce Linux Linux. Way, way fantastic. back in the day, if anyone remembers that. Um, yes. I, and everyone's free to pronounce it however they want, um, but I pronounce it, I'm open ELA. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of comments being coming. <laughs> Ella, open ELA. Christopher <laughs> Dine, thanks for watching. I love saying it, open Ella. Thank you. But I am happy to just say it that way to myself. <laughs> oh, are, are you giving me some advice? I feel like this is good advice. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it, Krista. Thank you. I kind of like Oella. Oh, Oella. Oh, Ella. There you go. Mm. Kind of so, like that. Okay. We can have some fun with the name, can't we? Like, <laughs> I can spend all day just the name. A whole, a whole whatever with this. <laughs> Get, we should get a, a whole Git repository of people recording wave files saying, hello, my name is, I pronounce 
Oella, Oella. <laughs> and all the different permutations of it. Uh, you know what? If we do that, I'll put it to music. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. That'd be very that would be fun. perfect. Yeah, that would be fun. Rose, maybe, maybe you would dance to it. I will definitely dance. I will definitely do an interpretive. Oh, it Ella. didn't even take encouragement. Look at that. <laughs> Neil, open Ella umbrella. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so it's funny. Awesome. I was looking at that and I didn't, I didn't get it until you said it. I didn't it either. That's pretty funny. That's, that's creative. Whoever that was, that was creative. Dave, the only thing missing yeah. from Open Ella is you Ooh. because the focus is on your and not the Eula. Oh, there we go. Now I get his comment. I like that. That's cute. Oh, I like that one too. But say, I... Oh, it sounds like Eula's. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go there. Somebody write that down. That's a good one. <laughs> so Paul good. actually has a good one too that I really like. Whatever that one there. There we go. Citro, <laughs> Panella, bug <laughs> repellent. Get it? Bug <laughs> repellent. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Oh, he's got to be creative. Awesome. I'm impressed. Awesome. Rose wins. Thank you, Krista. Thank you very much. Yes, song and dance and all that. So, what is it that we're even talking about? And whose idea was it? Is that too deep of a question? Maybe we don't want to talk about you that. Said, ask me anything. You Not did say anything. There you go. So, um, Okay. <laughs> I keep reading these. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we're yeah, going to get a song good. out of this. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that stuck in our head now. I'm not even going to try and sing. Thanks, though. Jonathan. Save you from that. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, what was the question again? <laughs> what is this what? thing? What yeah. What it? are we talking about? Oh, umbrellas, Ella's, bugs. I mean, we're going in the direction, but like give us an overview of what even is this open ELA, Greg? Sure. So um, open ELA really came to be just through the collaborative nation, nature of open source and organizations that are really trying to solve similar problems. And um, uh, CIQ, uh, Oracle and SUSE all came together to see, you know, how do we, how do we leverage each other's work in an open and collaborative way and, and then share that and, and collaborate further with the, with the wider and generalized open source community. And that was really the idea. Just, just how, do we, um, how do we rely on the, the resilience and all the benefits of open source for this critical platform that we, the user base, our customers, and everyone in the community seems to rely on? And, uh, and that was really kind of just the, the basic idea to start off with. So I feel like this has been a conversation, Greg, I know you and I've had for a long time. Uh, I know Seuss has been talking about this for a long time too, but why now? I'll let Alan answer that one. Why now? So this is, this is something that's building up for a long time. And <clears throat> we, our users and, and consumers have kind of, it, it's actually been kind of surprising, but they've seen the train coming down the tracks, right? And it just hit a culmination point a few weeks ago where it was like, okay, something's got to be done, right? And um, we're making it happen. And as Greg said, you know, the way he described it, it's perfect for open source, right? To collaborate together 
in an open, transparent way. It just fits. It's a good fit. And the, the beauty of this is we're not coming in with naive, cold feet, right? We're coming in having experience and knowledge, having built this stuff for a long time. And so we're off, we're, we're hot and running. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm excited about this whole thing. I think the community seems to be very excited about it. We've heard a lot of fantastic yeah. feedback. It's been very exciting. But from my perspective, seeing Oracle, Suse, CIQ together is what's exciting for me. That that really shows the value in what we're trying to do here, what we're trying to push forward. And I would love if you guys could talk about that value a little bit. So I have something I want to say on this. And sorry for jumping right in there. Um, this brought together not only these organizations, but it brought together a, a number of really good people. Um, I am very grateful that I've had the opportunity to work with Alan and with the um, the SUSE team. Um, I'm very grateful that I was able to um, that I'm able to work with with Wim, with Edward, and the Oracle team as well. And what I've learned from this is not only are we all trying to solve very similar problems. Um, but honestly, and not to sound cliche on this, but it, the community is full of really cool and great people. And it's just, it's, it's an honor to actually kind of expand out of where I think we would have just been within our, with our own organizations and actually start, start working together in a broader community. Um, it really means something. And, um, and, it's, and so far, it's just been, it's been an amazing um, journey. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where this is going to go and what comes next. Great. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. So we have a um, open ELA. I'm, I'm going to do my best here. I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> open ELA uh, Slack channel as well that anyone can join and kind of keep up to date with things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We are all on. So um, I'm just giving our, our people a little nudge to give that link in the in the chat. Yeah, we wanted to we wanted to get something early. I remember when. William and Greg and I were talking about it. It was important that we get an open communication channel up early, right? So it's funny because you can get in the argument and people are going, well, we're not ready. We haven't got all the ducks in line and whatever. And it's just the opposite. It's like, no, let's, let's put it out there. We want everybody to come in and join and help us figure it out. So do we have all the answers? No. Are we working on them? Yeah. We want your input. We want you to be part of it, right? So, so join Slack recognize we're, you know, we don't have all the answers figured out. We have a very good idea of what we're after and want to accomplish. Um, so that we've put that out there, right? So the mo the focus that we're after and so forth. But all the T's on GitHubs or whatever, we're still figuring that out. So that was really my next question is, I know this is early days. This thing just got announced. Has it even been two weeks yet? where are we in the process? So we have <laughs> communication set up, like where are we now? What's coming soon? What are we doing? So um, to announce this, we had to have a few things already kind of defined in emotion. And so uh, Alan, myself, Wim, uh, Thomas and others, uh, we, we've all already been talking about this for, oh goodness, for, for a little while now. And, um, so we, we, we finally got it to the point where, you know, we had a, we had a charter, 
Um, we have a lot of that charter has been recapitulated on our about page. Um, we're in the process of forming it as a nonprofit uh, legal entity. Um, those of you who have done nonprofits know it's not a quick like turnkey type thing. It takes a little while and there's a number of steps involved in hey, doing Wim. that. And so, hey, Wim. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, Wim. And so we've been um, we've been really just focused heads down on on getting that. Now, now that that's been out there, we've we've spun up the Slack. We have a lot of people in the community that have joined and 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 want to be part of this. Uh, now we're actually working on the technical environment. Um, so we started off with a uh, I, I don't want to say a small team because it's not a small team, but a, a smaller group, I should say, or a representative group. Uh, to, to start identifying what are the kind of core tenants development-wise and what are we going to be building uh, moving forward and what are the requirements of that. And uh, we're actually just about to the point where we're going to start releasing those documents. And, uh, and, and once we have that done and we've kind of have the foundation done at that point, now we're really not only inviting people to join this vision, but now we're actually going to be inviting people to actually join and be part of the project itself. So very much looking forward to that. And that should be coming here very, very soon. Uh, and now I'm going to be quiet and uh, I'm going to say hi to Wim. Wim. Welcome, Wim. Hey, sorry. I had some electrical work going on at home and my network was down, but I'm back up. So sorry for being late. And No, no, no worries. <laughs> if you don't mind, Wim, if you would introduce yourself to everybody. Sure. I appreciate you being here, but tell us who you are. Sure. All right. So my name is Wim Kokarts. I, I work for Oracle and have worked there for 27, 28 years, something like that, 28 years. Um, and one of the teams in, in my org is the Oracle Linux team. So we've been doing all the Linux work at Oracle since the early, late 90s, early 2000s, but really mostly starting the early 2000s. And so the, the Oracle Linux team is a, is, is a big part of my day-to-day -day job. And of course, we're very excited about what's going on with the open ELA. And um, it's been a very interesting last few months. <laughs> Always something new going on in, in the open source and, and, and certainly Linux world. So uh, never a dull moment. But I think, um, you know, certain events have gotten people to come together more. And, and I think the, the, the result really is that, that we this is an opportunity to make it easier to be more out in the open than, than it was before and, and do some shared work to be more efficient. So it's actually, in, in many ways, it's, it's, a, it's been a, in, in some ways a blessing, right, that, that we, can, we can do this work together. And, <clears throat> you know, a lot of work that, that we will now do jointly, we've all been doing individually as companies and, and not just companies, but also communities. There's, there's lots of uh, community project versions out there that, that do something similar where folks working for some, you know, where their day job something different will, will, will be doing something similar and basically reinvent the wheel in a certain, if you want to call it that. And so we have lots of processes in place today for QA, for automation, for validating patches, for doing check-ins with with sign off by just like what happens with the Linux kernel. Those are sort of the types of structure that we've built into our environment for, for Oracle Linux. But now we can all work together to bring that more broadly. And, you know, folks that 
folks that in Greg's team and, and Alan's team, they, they are doing similar stuff. So now we just pick the one that scales the best and uh, provides the best solution. And others can just, you know, hopefully take some of that work and, and not reinvent the wheel. I think that's fundamentally what this comes down to, right? And um, so, so it's very exciting. I, I think we're on the right track here. Thank you for that one. So you kind of alluded to and touched on a little bit uh, the word open in all of this. So open is important. I know we at CIQ have talked about the openness and why we wanted this to be open, but I would love to get Alan Wim and then Greg last um, your views on why it's important for this to be open for everybody. And I'll start with Alan. So, so it's not, not just open, but neutral, right? Because there's lots of different ways we could have done this. And so Greg went into it a little bit, how we're setting up a, uh, 501c6, right? And we did that. We're working on that. It takes time. I always have a lot of people say, well, it's real easy. You just go to whatever state and file some paperwork. <laughs> I'm going, that's the easy part. Um, <laughs> but figuring out how to keep it open and how to ensure that it's, it's a neutral, um, playground for everybody right they can come in and participate that's not so easy um but it's extremely critical and so that's that's the that's the thought process that's really going in there is to make sure that everybody can come in and feel comfortable that they can participate and you know be a be a important part of this thank you al so The reason we did Oracle Linux um, was because we felt there was a need to, in our world, a to have a better support experience for our customers, and that what they got at the at that point in time was not providing that, and so that got us into the Linux support business. That's always been for us fundamentally what it was about. It wasn't about the code. It wasn't about you know, patches, it was about a customer has an issue, they need immediate support, and we need to help them. Right? That's why we got into into the Linux business. And, you know, I don't want to talk too much about our stuff, but I think it helps set some, some answer some of the questions. We could have built our own Linux distribution. Technically, it's not rocket science. But the point was, we didn't want to fragment the market even more. So we just said, okay, the source code's open, we're competing on support. We're competing on the quality of support for open source. So we just provide the same base. Customers have a choice. If they don't like us, they can go back. If they like them better, no problem. You know, we want Linux to be good because it's about our products in Oracle on Linux. And so that was fundamentally our charter since the beginning and still is to date. And so um, when I hear some people, I'm not going to name names and certainly not you know, specifically about stuff. But when I hear folks say how, you know, they're putting a lot of effort into stuff and as such, they feel like the, the code they got from an upstream project, which was not written by them in the first place, should be locked down for paying customers. I find that odd because um, as an example, you know, one of the guys in my team just finished building online XFS repair. He worked on this for years with other people two, three people full-time paid for because XFS online file system repair is important. Well, 
guess which distributions use XFS as the base file system, right? So that's going to go up in there. We're not going to send a bill to these other companies. It's just part of, hey, XFS is important. We're providing that code. And it's not ours. It's part of the project. And so for, for folks to, to claim that the work invested in the source code is somehow making it okay to lock that part down when it's not their source code to begin with. I don't want to start a whole conversation about, you know, companies that, that have their own products and, and start with one model and then change to another one. That's a whole different world. This is a world of 10,000s of packages written by hundreds of thousands of people out in the world that become a collection. And all those folks have worked really hard on that, including us, including Sousa, including Greg's team, including so many people. So claiming some form of ownership of that because there's some tail end work that happens, which is a lot, right? I'm not diminishing the, the amount of work it takes to build a distribution. It's not, it's not zero. But there's a lot of other people that get paid to build the stuff they depend on. So it's not about the code. It's about support quality. It's about, that's the, that's the model. You compete on sort of service offerings. And so changing that concept uh, is odd to me. And we're basically working to prevent that part, right? You like the different colors, great. You like the, the support who you call knows what you're running and they know that market really well, go there. That's yeah. what it fundamentally is. It's about right? choice, isn't it? Yeah. It's about enabling and keeping people giving them, keeping their ability to have choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you for for saying that, Wim. Uh, having choice is really, really important. Greg. I just want to say, I, I, I think both Wim and Alan's um, perspective on this is exactly right. Uh, the one thing I'll add is my whole career, even early on in my career, I pivoted everything that I did, my degree, everything, because I got, uh, I just got enamored with open source. Like the idea of being part of a larger community, being part of something that is freely available. I said this story before in the past, but uh, my first introduction to Linux is when we were creating a bioinformatics geno and genomics tool. And we got some hardware and we were able to download this operating system off of our 56K modems and, and then, you know, burn, you know, burn, burn it to floppy disks and then go and install this and turn this into a computing tool like that just that, that just blew my mind. Like it was so amazing. The fact that you can just go do that. And so when we talk about even like giving back to the community, giving back to like everything that this is about, this is all giving back in a matter of speaking, even just using it is being part of this. And um, I became, as I said, completely enamored. I changed my whole career. I changed everything I was doing to go learn enough Linux, go learn enough coding and open source to go be part of this because I loved it. And it has fueled everything that I've done since then. And this is since the mid nineties. So this is over two decades now. And, um, my hair has recently turned much grayer. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like, you know, this is a long time standing now. And, uh, what we've created with, with OpenELA is really just the epitome. It comes right back to the spirit and the goals and the collaborative nature of open source. 
I mean, for, for SUSE, for Oracle and CIQ to come together and form a relationship and a bond around this, this, this notion of, of open source collaboration and let's create a foundation such that we can all now go and, and build better products, build better services and support and solutions for our customer base. That is massive. And what we're agreeing on this is let's all leverage the same foundation such that this foundation now becomes not something we're competing on because um, choice is great for, for everybody, right? But if you have too much of the community is bisected with incompatible solutions, it doesn't help. It doesn't help like people. It doesn't help the users. It doesn't help vendors. It doesn't help people that are adding capabilities on this. And, you know, thanks to how profoundly utilized CentOS was across the ecosystem, we now have a standard. We have a goal in terms of compliance, in terms of validation, and in terms of what it is we're trying to create. And we all agree that this is the foundation in which we all want to build upon. So that's open. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. That, like, <clears throat> that really begs the question when you're talking about a foundation, I know that you guys had already mentioned, you're like, we're still working out the details, come join the group, you know, we're, we're gonna figure all of this out. But Alan, I remember an article not that long ago where you guys talked about forking. Is that like where we're starting here? Is that like the foundation of open ELA or are you guys still thinking about that? Well, the, the notion there when they used forking in the press was if they go away, we're going to continue on, right? They can fork it. They can take it. They can split off from what we're doing, but we're coming together, right? And we're pushing forward. And honestly, I think this will turn in. So, so Greg and, and Wim said it correctly, right? We're, we're here to service our customers and we want to give them that assurance that we're here for the long run, whatever others do, right? We're here for the long run and we're going to take this forward. And a lot of people are joining in and we're not going to have that fragmentation. It's not going to splinter off. Um, so that's really what it's about. And that's really what the message was about. Thank you, Al. We do have a lot of questions coming in. I think we should probably start addressing those from the community. I have, I have another one, but I'm going to wait. Put up a question. Dun, 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 dun. Does it help when I sing? Uh, there was one about matter most first Rocky. Which one are we looking at here? Oh, yes. Jonathan's question. Jonathan Anderson. How will Open ELA establish its own identity beyond distribution name redacted? <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. Whomever would like to chime in first. So I don't know if I would describe it as as even establishing its own identity yeah. um, beyond. It, it's it's really about becoming a collaborative source for any distribution that wishes to become downstream. So uh, there is, of course, value in in stating you know that something is is derived out of you know the collaborative effort of Open ELA, but that may or may not be even required. Like nobody has to do that. Like a downstream derivative would not have to say that it's, you know, that they are derivative of open ELA or, or anything. Right. But they are free to leverage everything we've done in open ELA in any way, shape or form that, that they like. Yeah, it, I, that I, exactly. I, I think there's, there's some, 
I mean, it's good to have these questions because it, it allows us to fine tune our conversations better. And, and so it's, this is a great way to learn about how, what people have taken away from previous conversations and, and so on. So, so we, we obviously have some, some work to do in, in improving our um, intent in some of these cases, but, you know, to me, it's more a, it's basically it's ftp.vendor.com ftp.openela.com and anyone can go and download source rpms and use that to build their thing it's a you know in in some ways you could say it's a collection of source code we'll do something where it's all nicely in repositories and clean with with patches and uh clear change logs and you know all that stuff so that we're very open and transparent we're not trying to obfuscate things you know the the idea of of taking the the kernel source and doing a full unpack and tar that up to provide as source code is not as nice as saying here's the original git tree and here's all the the patches and divs we applied on top so you can see clearly what we did that's the right way to do it tarring this all up just to make it harder for other people to know what the heck went in is just ridiculous and petty but clearly that happened about 10 years ago so anyway we're not doing that we're doing the opposite open change logs differences people know what's going on and 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 how's what's in there and and so so it's really about providing the code for everyone to build a distribution and whether you're part of the open ela or not doesn't matter it's a public access ftp.openela.com yeah, I'm not saying that it's going to be FTP dot. Just don't take my, don't take it literally. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting here going, wow, you're dangerous. Right. But, but <laughs> actually, hey, there's source code there for all this stuff. And anyone that wants to build their own derivative and do their own thing and needs some stuff of it, it's there. That's fundamentally all this is. So it's not so much about, yeah, not so much about identity or distribution. It's here's the source code to grab to build your thing. So I guess that's one of the questions that I've been getting quite a lot lately is where does this sit in terms of the open source Linux project chain? Or has that even been decided yet? So like kernel, mainline stable, Fedora, stream, where in that would it go? Yes. <clears throat> yes, Zane is the answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alan, you want to take that or you want me to? So I was going to try to make it a simple answer and say it's in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is, it's in the middle, right? Okay. Um, so there's upstream and there's downstream, which puts it in the middle. But that's the simple answer. <laughs> then then my brain starts thinking about all, all the things in between the, those words and it gets a little more complicated. Um, but we definitely want to encourage, uh, I, I think maybe the, the right answer here is we want to encourage upstream, right? So we don't want to take contributions here when they should be going, you know, back to the kernel itself kind of thing. So we're going to be very careful to try to watch and say, hey, you know, we like your work. We like what you've done. It's appropriate to, to check it in here or it might be appropriate to check it back up in kernel.org or wherever, right? And so we don't want to replace those. We want to enhance what's being done upstream. 
and make it simpler and easier for downstream. So it's kind of describes this as being in the middle, but again, we're just gonna be very careful to make sure things get redirected to the right places. And if we do get patches that come in specific for open ELA, whether these are uh, upgraded package contributions, et cetera, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're working with the upstream community to ensure that these patches are getting um, back in. Now, that can not only include the, uh, the, the upstream individual projects like the kernel, but this could also include Fedora. This can also include CentOS Stream. And we're very much looking forward to being collaborative with the broader enterprise Linux community as well as with the broader open source community. Thank you, Greg. More questions. Jonathan, how will open ELA impact existing distributions at SUSE, Oracle, and CIQ? So let me, let me quickly answer it on the Oracle side. So, um, you know, one is right now there is no central repository yet. However, we've been continuing, you know, Nothing stopped two months ago. We're still continuing with errata and bug fixes and everything else. So from a, from a pure Oracle Linux customer interface point of view, nothing has changed. We do what we do. We will continue to do what we do. However, as this comes into place, we are sharing resources to do it. So in some ways, you know, we'll redirect stuff from ftp.openela.org, uh, right? <laughs> As I mentioned earlier. So, so it just makes it, um, we're sharing more. So we're not replicating the exact same thing all multiple entities are doing. And um, basically it will reduce some of the work we otherwise would be doing anyway, but it'll, we'll have more time for you know, something else. And so that's fundamentally what this is. It'll, we will use this as a upstream code base to build our packages um, and share more stuff. That's basically it. So it's, it's very similar for SUSE. So SUSE has SLES, right? Which is not a, a Red Hat downstream. It's, it, it's its own distribution. In fact, it was either the or one of the earliest enterprise Linux distributions, right? From Linux. Um, that continues. SUSE will continue to invest in SLES. That doesn't change. We started our Liberty product line several years ago, which uh, was was began as as Wim was talking about earlier. We wanted to ensure our being able to support our customers, and a lot of our customers have mixed environments, and so they they run SLES. There's good reasons, good good reasons why they picked SLES. You know, you talk about things like running SAP in your shop, it's going to run on SLES. That's not going to change. Our, our product line doesn't change. But they also had reasons to pick RHEL and CentOS and so forth. We wanted to be able to support them in, in their mixed environments. And so we introduced Liberty. And Liberty is, is, is based on, um, on, this, the, on this code thread. So that will continue. Uh, just as Wim says, uh, it doesn't change, hasn't changed. Um, it just enhances what we're going to be able to do for our customers going forward. Thank you, Alan. Greg? Um, 
first thing I just want to reiterate is, um, you know, I talked a little bit about my belief in open source and, um, one of the things that CIQ did different with Rocky is we did, we, we do not, uh, actually control Rocky. Like Rocky is not part of CIQ. Um, Rocky is, is hosted and maintained by the Rocky enterprise software foundation. I do happen to be associated obviously with the Rocky enterprise software foundation, but it is a different organization. Uh, the one thing I want to mention is, uh, the partnership that we've created is, is really kind of commercially, um, driven in the sense that it is three commercial entities. It's CIQ, not RESF on behalf of that. So, uh, I'm, I'm very careful when I speak, or at least I try to be on if I'm speaking on behalf of CIQ or if I'm speaking on behalf of, of Rocky. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer both of those, uh, with my CIQ hat on, um, it is really, uh, it is about CIQ wanting to ensure that there is a open standard for enterprise Linux moving forward and open and freely available uh, access to source code, open source code, which should, should never be a question. It should always be freely available and accessible. And, um, and we rely on this. Um, so we wanted to make sure and we wanted to invest to ensure that this remains a constant in the community. Uh, from the Rocky side, well, Rocky now has another choice on where they obtain the sources from. And choice, as we keep kind of coming back to, choice is a good thing. And so this gives Rocky the ability to continue leveraging exactly what they're doing and or extend that to leverage what OpenELA is producing and, and providing back out, that, that back out to the community. This creates absolute stability, re resiliency, and freedom, again, within this whole open source EL community. And that's what's so super important, in my opinion, about what it is that we're doing is, uh, you know, we, we've ever since the end of life of CentOS, th this, this poor community has seen a lot of drama. And the goal is to let's get beyond the drama and focus again on what we all can provide back to the community and back to our customers and 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 let's stop getting everyone all shaken up about all of this and let's just focus again on we have the stable operating system foundation and let's just start building on top of that so very simple very clear um, and from an resf perspective again it just gives us the ability to have more um, stability and um, more resiliency moving forward Thank you, Greg. Next question. <laughs> oh, Rose, you're on mute. So, so not cool, right? Twice uh, today. Twice. You guys, could you guys understand? Yeah. No, lip syncing? No. Um, Igor, hello. Thank you. Is this going to be an international standard? Alan, you seem very amused by this question. Please so, answer. <laughs> I, I'm just laughing because it just brings up all kinds of memories that I don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs> we, sh we should have bets on if we all know. You, you get three guesses and the first two don't count, right? <laughs> um, the, as Wim put, put it earlier, this is about the code. And Greg, right? This is about the code. Uh, are we standardizing things? 
as an artifact, yes, right? I think that it's going to flow and we're going to recognize a standard base across all of us. And I think that's a very good thing because as Wim talked, we don't want to fragment. Um, so not fragmenting to me kind of says standard. Are we going to turn into a standards organization? No way, <laughs> is my opinion, right? Uh, the others might have a different opinion here, but I, I don't want to spend my time writing paper at this time. I, I want to see us get the code out. Yeah, just put the code out there. If people want to use it, they use it. It's just like Greg said, you know, it gives an extra option for distributions that are built today. And it makes it easy to point your your download servers to one place rather than going and chasing things in 20 different places. That's that's part of what we're what we're doing. Like I said earlier, we're working together so that instead of all doing individual work, we're sharing that stuff with everyone else. Does that make it a standard? No, it makes it a place you can get stuff to build your thing. And if you take 10 packages out of that and do your own on the rest, who cares, really? Because it's up to you to do what you want to do with it. We're sharing the code that we all work on anyway. Full stop. You know, it's very kind of typical in open source. I mean, most people in open source focus on the source code, right? Most open source community, it's about you know collaborating on the source code. Uh, from from Open ELA perspective, I don't think it's any different. Um, so, is it going to be a standard? Well. It's not going to be a formal standard, but you know it's going to be out there. It's going to be free for anyone to use. Uh, it is collaborative via the community, um, maybe indirectly. I'd call, say maybe there's a standard there, but but yeah. Um, a, a lot of times, I, I tend to refer to enterprise Linux as a standard, and say you know there's an enterprise Linux standard that we're trying to adhere to, but I, I use that word very loosely and possibly um incorrectly uh just being lazy with with, with vocabulary um it really it, it's an implementation so Thank you. i am not an open source maintainer by any stretch of the imagination however i have heard occasionally there will be something that is suggested to either like a, a bug fix or a feature, new feature or whatever that is submitted to some open source space and it is denied. So who, who, who's making these decisions? Like, am I, is this not even an issue or is there like a little bit of hesitation or, you know, like who, who's actually in charge? Who makes the decisions? What if you guys disagree? Does that does that happen? This is this is very common. <laughs> it is very common in open source. Uh, there, there's a lot of um, contributions to open source. In, in many cases, um, it's feature requests or it's a it's a patch that that brings together brings forth a feature that may be out of scope from the project uh, maintainer's perspective. Um, it may not be a good implementation by the by the maintainer's perspective, meaning they don't like how it was coded or they think it can be coded in a different way. Um, or maybe it conflicts with something that the contributor is is unaware of, uh, and they just don't they don't have enough experience as the maintainers do um, of the software. But long story short, yeah, this does happen a lot. Um, we are currently in the process of drafting our uh, policy in terms of, and I think Alan kind of mentioned this uh, as well. Um, 
we're in the process of drafting this policy, which says, if you're going to be contributing, here's the types of things you should be contributing here. Here's the types of things you should be contributing here. And it kind of sets it um, in, it, it sets a, uh, there I go, standard. It sets a standard in terms of where everything's going to go. How is it going to, how is it going to um, be? So if somebody comes along and says, here's a new patch, here's a new feature, a new capability, a new package or a package version. Um, it gives us the ability to say, nope, that is out of scope for this project or it's out of scope for this area of the project and maybe go to um, contribs or go to somewhere else for, you know, to, to, to publish that. But um, even with that said, there may be code that people try to publish that will be denied for other reasons, like um, maybe licenses. Maybe it's not an OSI approved license and they wanted to contribute it in. Um, or other things like there's 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 a number of reasons. So yes, that may end up happening. We're trying to create policies and we're drafting policies that will provide guidance to the community on what should go where and and how best to do it. Yeah, and and there's there's one other comment I would make on top of that. So basically, to give you an example, again using our world at Oracle, fundamentally, OL obviously tracks and, you know, it, we're almost, we're basically saying we're bug compatible, <laughs> right? <laughs> Practically, because it's the same. Now, if a customer of ours calls us and has a problem, then obviously we fix that, right? And, and that happens quite often where there are bugs in our upstream vendors code. <laughs> and and uh, even though they do so much work, we do find bugs ourselves because we do a lot of work too. But okay. Anyway, um, so but basically we fix bugs, right? And so what happens then is um, we want to make sure that the customer gets the, this this fix. And if is a, if it's a, a a fix that should go into the upstream project, like let's say it's a Linux kernel bug, you know, obviously we push that upstream, make sure that it's fixed there, and our other vendor can then freely get it from upstream, um, put their name on it, um, and. Basically, that, that's, one, that's one model. Now, if, if there is a fix that would break compatibility, then it's not going to go into the base because we don't want to break compatibility. Now, if a customer wants a particular thing, we will work with them. But the, the core aspect of we need to remain fully, fully compatible, we're not going to deviate, is, is, is critical. And if we have bug fixes, we add them on top. And it's pretty clear what we fixed and why. And I think a similar model would fit or will fit here just fine. There's the, let's say, base source package that's the same. And then there's a branch that has bug fixes. And if these bug fixes are critical, one would hope that the upstream vendor becomes a downstream user of that code and bug fixes because it affects everyone, not just a particular person. Now, if somebody comes in and says, well, we want you to upgrade this package from A to B and B is not compatible with A, well, that doesn't really fit the enterprise distribution model. So that that's not something that we, we can and should do in place. But you know what? If somebody wants a newer version, they're welcome to do it because this is a repository of source code with branches for patches and it'll be completely open and transparent. So you want to add the bug fixes? Go for it. You don't want to do that. You don't have to. It's just it's out there, right? So I think it's it's really not so much about forcing people into a certain way and taking code that that would go in a certain direction. It's about being open and transparent about 
what we do and what's possible. You want to fix, you take it. You don't want it, you don't need to. Thank you, Wim. Yeah, thanks. If we have a few more questions. Tom, what's up? Okay, Rocky Linux is using Mattermost. Why is OpenELA, I'm adding that in there, using Slack? I imagine it's temporary, but you can probably answer that, guys. So this is this is a long-standing discussion with open source enthusiasts about um, Slack and should we actually be using Slack for open source projects? Um, there, there's there's a lot of strong feelings within the community about this. Um, it, it's it's my personal opinion that Slack is very easy to to set up to stand up, etc. Um, I don't know if this is where we're going to be forever. Um, but I can tell you, uh, it was a very fast way to to get communications and collaboration in place. And so we stood up a Slack. Now, Mattermost has a little bit more. Uh, it is, if you're not familiar, Mattermost is a uh, an awesome Slack alternative that's open source. Um, but you do have to set up your own infrastructure um, to, to, to run it. And depending on the size of the infrastructure, or rather the size of your, your workspace, uh, there could be quite a bit. Of involved in doing that. So um, that's why we, we spun it up initially in Slack. The other thing I want to mention is even though that there's a lot of, uh, you know, opinions, should we be using Slack and open source or not? Uh, there are a lot of open source projects that do use Slack. I still believe the, the, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation as a whole still uses Slack as an example. So there's definitely quite a bit of precedent there. But yeah, it, I don't know if it'll stay stay on Slack long term or not, but as of right now, it is. Thank you, Greg. Dave, hey Dave, thanks for watching. Welcome, Dave. So let's um, create interest and participation with a how-to video tutorial, something for a beginner to what is what's DL? Is that download? Download, download the, RPMs. the RPMs and spin up their own distro. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a great it's a great point actually. Sorry, I kind of jump in on it. I, absolutely, we need we need to do more of that. And you know, one of the things is I, I have a uh, we have a a pretty sizable documentation writer team that has written its own documentation for for our stuff. And so we're going to push a lot of that into uh, into the Open ELA. Uh, repos as well because documentation is important right it's 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 code but also the doc of the of stuff and 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 some of that will be you know what the, we, will, we will share the scripts that we use internally to build our distribution and how we modify our penguin that we add to it as a trait you know as a as a as an image for booting up and you know our color scheme and stuff like that so that people can basically reuse all that stuff. So yeah, it, we, we obviously, and I think, and this, this is part of what the added value will be of working together as a, as a group is there's all the source code, there's documentation, there's test scripts, there's, there's all the different QA things that we do that might be able to be shared because they're generic enough. I mean, if something's really unique to our environment, it makes no sense, but if, if it's a uh, generic testing stuff, we can certainly, um, and we will certainly contribute that up to the OpenELA website instead of just uh, keeping it to us. One thing I can add real quick is uh, in the Slack community, um, uh, Maxine has uh, somebody over there who I encourage you to, to reach out to. 
um, if you're interested in doing this, has actually been uh, toying with the idea of doing, a lot of people are familiar with Linux from scratch, where you go and build a Linux distribution from scratch. Um, she's working on enterprise Linux from scratch. And you can actually then, so the tooling, the scripts, the documentation, everything, such that anybody can go out there and create um, a, a downstream derivative of, of enterprise Linux using open ELA sources. I think it's tremendous. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, I want to help with that in any way that I can personally, even. Yeah, that is very cool. Oh, yeah, Art, ISV participation? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was going to say that's an easy, that's an easy answer. Um, so I, I, I'll just jump in here. So on the side here, as we started forming this, I, I've gone off and talked to ISVs and, and others to say, Hey, what do you think about this idea? Right. So before Susa jumped in on this, we, I, I personally went out and um, talked to a few, right. To see what they thought. And they were like, this is very exciting. We want to be part of this. So, so there's a lot of interest, not just from us distros, right, but from ISVs and, and other communities um, that are interested as well. So that was another reason why we wanted to push things to get out communication is so that they uh, will know how to come and, and start at least watching, right, and then be able to jump in. That's great. Thank you, Alan. Dave, thanks for Dr. watching. Dave. Dr. Dave, what could Red Hat do to block what Open ELA intends to do and how would Open ELA respond? It's an interesting question, Dave. Um <laughs> Well, we 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 can't survive. Don't give them any ideas. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't give them any ideas, Greg. <laughs> Past the secret sauce. No. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure this isn't news to them. Um, but uh, I, I think the one major thing that they can do. But I, I don't think that. I don't think that they would do it. It would be very, um, very bad for for Red Hat to do this. Would be to block the distribution or no longer distribute um, permissible licensed software. So non copyleft software. Uh, if if they did that, I feel as though the backlash from the community would be would be massive. Um, and it, and to be honest, it won't break what we're doing. It'll just make our job a little bit more difficult. Um, but it will be a significant amount of backlash if if Red Hat tries to do something along those lines. Um, that's I think the big the big issue, uh, the big thing that they can do. Um, there may be others, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would want to say one thing that I feel pretty comfortable about is the compatibility. Right, so whether it's EL seven, eight, or nine, which will be around for many, many years, no matter what happens tomorrow, next month, next year, the compatibility for the lifetime of those things, I have zero concerns about that whatsoever. No matter what happens, if there's a ten, whatever that would look like, but we'll take that when when the time comes. But right now, no concerns. Yeah, Alan. No, I well said. Um, not sure I could top that. The only other thing I was going to add is if you look at the majority of what's in use out there, it's all on seven. So there's a long 
life cycle we've got to go through. Who knows where we'll all be 50 years from now anyway. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> Oh, you guys, this has been so much fun. Wim, what a blessing to meet you. Thank you so much, Alan. Nice to meet you too. Greg, always fun to see you. Zane, you're amazing. So if you guys are watching, please give us a like, give us a comment. We will continue to answer questions and do more AMAs. Thank you so much for stopping by and check out our Slack channel for now, Open ELA. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank Thanks, you. Everybody. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Wim. Thanks, Alan. Greg, good to see you.